Welcome to the Small Baller Podcast. My name is Trevor Reddick, and as always, I'm joined by a man who all of a sudden has become a golf pro. His name is Brandon Siegel. <laughs> How you doing, Trevor? You doing well? Yeah, I'm doing well. How about you? I'm doing well. Look, it's it's not that I got to become a golf pro. I, I used to be very much into golf, and now I'm getting back into it. Um, and it's very, very exciting because it's, it's an incredible sport. I mean, it truly is. And see, I used to be, I was, I was telling our, our, our contributor, contributor, who I'll introduce in a second, I had to change my mindset about it, you know, because I get too angry. I'm too competitive. Um, but that contributor that we have with us today, of course, is Ben O'Brien. Ben, you are an avid golfer yourself. Um, how would you, would you consider your game, if rated out of 10 for me? Man, dude, golf's, golf's hard because golf is unlike any sport I've ever played before. Um, and everybody thinks they're, everybody values their game a little bit differently. So, like, I would not say I'm good at golf, but I'm better than all my friends, but that's because I think they're bad at golf. So, like, I would consider myself extremely average at golf. I would say I'm an average golfer. So, it depends on how you're doing the scale, but I'd say, like, I'm a 5 out of 10. That's how, I, that's what probably I would say. A 5 out of 10? So, you consider yourself an average golfer? Yes. I, like, I'm not going to impress you or anything, but I'm not, I wouldn't call myself bad. If that makes any sense. You can sense. hold your own. You can hold yeah, your own. Yeah. Of course. And we do have we have another person with us today. We have a special guest, which I'm super excited to announce. It's one of my best friends. Uh, we've been good friends for quite a long time. Uh, one of my best friends, Noah Bearson. Noah, how are you doing today? I'm doing absolutely fantastic. How are you guys doing? Great. I'm doing pretty well. Uh, you you golf yourself, Noah, don't you? Yeah. So I recently picked up golf again. I worked at a golf course a couple summers ago. I haven't golfed in two three years first time i played this outing this year lost 10 balls but i've gotten better <laughs> haven't lost as many balls since so hey that's no, good. we Look, have all it, been there yeah sounds like me yeah, every time if I you're golf. having fun no that that's what counts all right that's what counts we, we've definitely all been there I, i've lost so many it's an expensive sport too it's it's sad how expensive it is but besides that, we have a really fun episode planned today. We're going to dive into uh, a lot about Noah's past, especially with basketball. Um, we'll get into a really fun main topic. But before we get there, let's start off with some small talk today. Uh, first off, the Ivy League has officially canceled all of their fall sports. Uh, so personally, I feel like this is, just, this is going to be a thing that's coming for kind of all colleges. I see no way that any college is going to be able to play any sport particularly. Uh, Trevor, what, what, how do you feel about this? Do you think you know, this is going to be a chain of, of an events? where I think uh, more conferences will kind of close off their sports? Um, it's really tough to say because the Ivy League is one of those conferences that, you know, obviously they do make a decent amount of revenue from football, but nowhere near as much as some of these uh, bigger conferences like the SEC, the Big Ten, yeah, right. Pac-12. So it makes sense that they're the first one to kind of rule out all sports because it doesn't mean quite as much to them. Um, it's really tough to say about, especially like the SEC, that's really all about their football. You know, the fans down there really love uh, football in the fall, so it's really tough to say. But, you know, with the Ivy League, you know, it's going to be interesting to see, will they play like football during the spring, um, which has been considered um, by some other leagues and such. Uh, no decision has been made about that. And also no decision has been made about the winter or spring Ivy sports. So, It'll be interesting to yeah. see what happens with the Ivy League, um, but you know it's it's really just I mean we know the situation it's been really tough and with sports it's just not really trending in a good direction so that's unfortunate. No, I'm going to throw it to you for the first time here. You know what are your thoughts? You know the Ivy League canceling. Do you believe that this is kind of going to be you know we're going to see a lot of this coming up, or do you think you know some conferences are going to try to figure it out? 
I think it's going to be a trend you see with a lot of the smaller conferences like the Ivy League and, you know, smaller conferences, non-Power 5 conferences aren't conferences that normally generate high amounts of revenue from football and they don't play all the big schools that teams in in the major conferences play. So I think you're going to see a lot of smaller schools um, canceling those seasons compared to some bigger schools. Yeah, no, it's it's going to be interesting to see kind of how it moves out. So Ben, I'm going to switch this a little bit with you. We saw it, like Bowling Green, for example, is supposed to play Ohio State in football, and they lost out on $1.2 million, which is, I mean, quite a lot of money, reportedly $1.2 million. It's a lot of money, and it's a big amount of money for especially a small program. How do you see if these sports are played, you know, how do you see these programs going along, you know, without being able to play? Like Buffalo isn't allowed to play Ohio State. I think they were playing Ohio State, too. How do you see these programs kind of moving forward? Yeah, so it's tough, especially for schools like Bowling Green and these smaller schools that you mentioned because, I mean, like you said, Bowling Green is supposed to play Ohio State. They're supposed to play Illinois, and they're, that's two games in their first three games that are canceled now, and that's over $2 million that that athletic department's losing. And for schools like Bowling Green yeah. and all these non-Power Fives, this is how they make their money. I mean, people get the impression that these schools are making millions and billions of dollars off these sports, but really there's a very small amount of schools in this country that are making money off their athletic on any sports. On, yeah, on any sports. Most schools are struggling to, to break even. A lot of schools are losing money through athletics. Um, so I think the idea that all these schools, they can afford this, they can they can do all this money, or they have all this money, and like it's not going to be that big of a deal. It's gonna, this is a huge impact that's going to – and it's going to impact these athletic departments for years and years to come. Um, so it's a very unfortunate event, but, I mean, it is what it is. And it, the, the interesting thing moving forward is just going to see how these athletic departments can recover from this because it's not going to be easy. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. And, I mean, just to continue on with this, we see, like, the Big Ten saying they're only playing conference uh, games. And, you know, this is definitely going to be a pattern, I think, we we see, especially with the bigger conferences, just saying, oh, we're just going to stay in conference. You know, they're not going to travel quite as far, you know, to these other non-conference games uh, for some of these teams. Um, and, you know, I, so, you know, we see some people talk about, like, the NBA and their restart, that there's going to be asterisks uh, next to the season. No, I'm going to throw this back to you. Do you see kind of an asterisk next to some of these seasons, whoever the national champion potentially could be, let's say they play, do you see an asterisk next to this season? I see an asterisk, but not in the way that like people are going to say, oh, this was easy, oh, it shouldn't count. If anything, this should be considered yeah. harder. You know, there's no home court advantage. You've never had seasons like right. this. Imagine, you know, LSU Clemson, they played in the Superdome in front of, what, 40-plus thousand people. Imagine playing in it when it's empty or half capacity. You know, if anything... There's an asterisk that's going to be harder and not as you know easy and not as you know it'll be more competitive, but I don't it'll be very different in an asterisk in terms of it's a lot harder to win in this environment. Yeah, no, I I 100% agree with that. I, I forget who said that. The same person said that about the NBA. I can't remember who it is. It might have been like Andre Roberson or someone, but they talked about how the asterisk is going to be the other way around, how much harder this was because you know you're not going to be able to go home to your family. You're not going to you know be able to you know really you know, engage with other players in a way that you'd be able to in a normal season, you know, uh, and, you know, Trevor, I'm going to throw this over to you. Again, you know, do you see it being an asterisk next to the season? Um, so I think this whole asterisk thing is um, obviously interesting. I do agree that it should be harder. It should be looked at as harder given the circumstances. And with all this asterisk talk, I think we need to, well, I think fans I think really just fans need to lower their expectations and they need to just be grateful for any games they get. You know, if you're a fan of Ohio State or Alabama or Clemson, these elite programs, and you get 
Um, as an Alabama fan, you know, you get all conference games against maybe seven other, eight other SEC schools, and then, you know, you get a playoff like normal, but maybe it's, um, maybe one team gets left out that there's controversy over. We need to lower our ex- expectations and not, like, um, be so upset if there happens to be a team that maybe, like, a Georgia gets left out or whatever. You know, we need to not be so upset about that if you're a Georgia fan, and you need to just be grateful for the games you do get. So I guess for the, all of this talk, and no matter the sport it is, that's my opinion on it. You really just need to be grateful for the games that you do get. Yeah, no, I, I again, I 100% agree. But, you know, let's kind of keep on moving forward. We have more of the basketball tournament. Ben, I'm going to you first. The Red Scare, the Dayton Flyers alum. They're doing pretty well. As a Dayton fan, you know, I'm sure this makes you excited because you kind of got, you missed out on a potential Final Four from, you know, the real Dayton Flyers this year. So, you know, what are your feelings? How, what do you think the chances are of the Red Scare? Um, it's tough. I, I will say they, they looked very good in their first few games. I was extremely impressed with them. Um, their most recent game against House of Pain, they, for three and a half quarters, they looked amazing. The end, they struggled, but they, they got through at the end. Um, I don't. I don't think they're going to win the whole thing. Honestly, they played the Golden Eagles today, which is the Marquette team today. I don't think they're going to win that game, honestly. Um, but I'm very. I'm just happy to get to see a lot of these players again. Especially, I mean, Trey Landers and Ryan Mike. So their season just ended in March, and I haven't got to see them play since March. So I'm really happy, just in general, to see them play again. Any basketball I can watch at this point is I'm cool with. So I mean, live sports in general, I'm cool with. So um, I, I'm not. I'm not too hopeful about it, but I'll, I'll be cautiously optimistic that I think they, they have it. They have, I mean, they're one and four, so they have a pretty decent chance. But um, there's the, I will say the other three teams in this Final Four are all amazing teams, amazing teams. So uh, it'll be interesting. I'm very excited to watch today, later today. It'll definitely be, I, I think, a, you know, a good uh, Final Four uh, in the basketball tournament. Trevor, any, anything you've picked up from the, the TBT? Yeah, so in the TBT, we have um, two semifinal games today. The first one is at 4 o'clock Eastern. It is the Golden Eagles alumni uh, against the Dayton alumni. And then the other game following that is at 6 Eastern time, which is Overseas Elite and Sideline Cancer. Now, um, Carmen's crew, who was the number one seed, the Ohio seed alumni, they got knocked out. Um, early, so now the favorite seems like it's overseas elite, and I think they should be the favorite because they have, uh, first of all, they have Joe Johnson, a seven-time All-Star, former NBA player, and in the previous game he just put up 35 points, um, was just scoring really in all kinds of different ways against Heard that, and I, uh, my prediction is that they will win probably against the Golden Eagles alumni in the championship game, which uh, is going to be on Tuesday night at seven Eastern time, um, but really it's just been enjoyable to get basketball um, back. Um, the NBA is going to be restarting yeah. in a few weeks now. So, um, but but still, it's just good to see any kind of basketball we can get. Yeah, no, one hundred percent. So let's let's keep on moving along. And no, I'm going to you first. Um, I think you know this happened pretty shortly after our past episode. Uh, I think it's only right that our guest gets to talk on it first. Patrick Mahomes got this absolutely insane contract, five hundred three million dollar ten year. Uh, I guess you can call it an extension. Um, you know, onto his current two years, so it's 12 more years in total, um, all the way through 2031. Uh, so, what are your thoughts on some of the, you know, about this deal? It's a lot of money, but what do you think, Noah? Well, first off, my first thought is, you know, one, he's going to be staying in Kansas City for the foreseeable future and hang on to that. Two, his whole career. His whole career, yeah. exactly. And for the foreseeable future, the AFC is going to be going through Kansas City. And as good as, you know, the Ravens or whoever is going to put up a competition, you know, no one is Patrick Mahomes. And for the, you know, they're for the next 
12 years, like you said, however long this contract is, the the Chiefs are going to be perennial Super Bowl contenders. I mean, Mahomes is someone that you can clearly, you know, he can carry a team to a championship. As long as they have a, a average defense, the Chiefs can just continue. They are going to be able to continue winning Super Bowls. Yeah, I actually love this deal for the Chiefs and Mahomes. I think there was a lot of different things. Um, obviously, it's a lot of money, but there's a lot of different things that I think helped the Chiefs. You know, they didn't add a ton of cap this year. I think only 30K was added to the cap this year. And even numbers along the line, there's some cap numbers that are really big, but there's some that aren't so big. You know, one year, 2027, he has $60 million in cap, but the next year he has $44 million. Following year, another $45 million. So I think uh, it's going to be interesting. Those years, I, I don't think against the cap, he will be the highest-paid quarterback. Um, so I think this deal was quite friendly, especially with the amount of guarantees that there are. You know, at different points, he gets guaranteed more money. Um, there's not too much involved in the injury kicker. So I actually really like this deal a lot for both sides. Trevor, what do you think about uh, Mahomes resigning? And actually, you mentioned a good point, Trevor, about, you know, it's a lot of money. Would you, would you, you know, what, what do you think about, would you just automatically sign uh, Mahomes? Because you brought this up a little bit earlier. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean... The reality is that they probably needed to. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is the best player in the NFL. He's certainly the best quarterback in the NFL. So I think they probably needed to. Um, however, just looking at the next 10 years, obviously Mahomes, he's only 24. Um, he probably will be a really great quarterback, one of the best in the NFL for the next 10 years. So um, for those reasons, I do think it's worth it. But I think still, if you're the Chiefs, I think you do have to at least be somewhat concerned about, like, uh, re-signing or signing new free agents in the you know in the coming years. Obviously, they they were good this year. They won the Super Bowl. They're going to be good next year. But you know, uh, it doesn't seem like they're they have a lot of money committed to players right now. But in the future, you know, once you win a Super Bowl, they won one this year. If they win one, say next year, some of these players are going to want more money. And it's you know, I don't know if the Chiefs are going to be able to keep some of these players like like a Tyron Matthew or, you know, a Chris Jones, um, you know, T Travis Kelsey. Like, I don't know if they're going to be able to keep all these players, which which could make it tougher for them to keep, you know, you know, being in the hunt for the Super Bowl. Yeah, no, I, I, I understand that. It makes sense. Ben, any words on this deal? Any response to Trevor? Because would you automatically sign Patrick Mahomes easy for you to say or not so easy? Um, I, I would automatically sign him. I don't know if I would give him half a billion dollars. Um, but once again, I'm not a GM, so I, I, I know nothing. Um, I will say I, I would offer him a lot of money. $500 million is a lot of money, but I would offer him pretty much whatever he wanted. I don't know I don't know if he, if he like was asking for this much money and they were like, all right, sure, I don't know how the negotiations went. Um, but basically what they're doing is they're giving him the keys to the franchise for the foreseeable future. Um, and, and he's the best player in the NFL. So um, if you have that kind of money and you think it works out for your franchise in the long run, obviously these, I mean, these people that work for in the front office for Kansas City, obviously they know what they're doing. They just want a Super Bowl. Um, and they drafted him. So, so um, I'm not going to criticize their move just because they clearly know what they're doing. Um, like Trevor said, I, I am interested to see what their free agent signing in the, in the future is going to be just because – um, with all this money, I don't know how they're going to structure it with the rest of their salary cap. Um, like you said, Brandon, one year he's he's taking up 30% of their salary cap. So um, it'll be very interesting to see how they do it. I, I mean, it's he's a quarterback. It's the most sought-after position in football. Um, I get it. My biggest thing is he's a 24-year-old kid. I don't know what you do with 500. Like, what do you do with half a billion dollars? I saw he went to the uh, casino the other day, which honestly, yep. probably a smart move. Why not? Why not try to make some more money off of it? Um, but honestly, my first thing when I saw this contract was, if I was him, I don't even, like, what is the first thing you buy? I, I don't even know. Like, what do you buy with $500 million? 
You save a lot of no, it. No, what would you? But what do you do? What would you buy with five hundred million dollars? A Maserati. That's the first thing I'm getting. A Maserati. Not a lot of McChickens. It's oh. five hundred million McChickens <laughs> Dude, right there. That is half a billion McChickens <laughs> right there. That's a lot of McChickens. That's a lot of McChickens. That's a lot of McChickens. <laughs> <laughs> I think Noah, our 16-year-old selves, would like that a lot. Like this 500 million McChickens a lot. We'd be eating McChicken so for years. <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's move on uh, from this topic. Obviously, insane deal for Mahomes. Um, but, uh, you know, no trivia today. we got a special guest, so no trivia. But we will move forward um, to Randomly Ranked. And uh, Noah, and for others at home who don't quite know, Randomly Ranked is the topic. Uh, the segment where we take a completely random topic and we rank it. Very, very self-explanatory. Today, we have one brought up from, shout out to Ben's sister, Maddie, uh, for coming up with this topic. We have top three dog breeds. Uh, this is definitely an interesting one. I, I Could any of you think of this? Because this is not a topic that would have come to my head at all. No, no this is an definitely interesting not. one. Definitely interesting. It's definitely interesting. So, Noah, you're the guest. Um, would you like to go first? It's It's kind of all up to you if you would like to go first or not. That's fine. So my top three All right, let's hear are it. at number... And you were quick. You were quick on your, your top three. You want three. me to go, go one to on. three or like three to one? Like three to one. Down. Go three to one. Let's build right. up the suspense. Num- number three, we're looking at it, Yorkies. It's because they're so tiny and you can like kick them. Uh, number two <laughs> is a golden... We do not advocate for kicking dogs on this podcast <laughs> at all. We don't okay, advocate don't for that. don't kick dogs. But... All right, number three is a golden retriever. And then number one okay. is a golden doodle. A golden doodle. Golden oh, doodle. Very, very interesting. Love me some golden doodle. Okay, so I, I think I'll go next for today. Uh, number three, I have a golden retriever. I feel like golden retrievers are just kind of the classic American dog. Adorable dogs. Um, you know, they, they get pretty big, um, but the overall, very, very nice dog. Number two, I have a corgi. Uh, ben, I don't remember if you like corgis or have a vendetta against them. I don't remember, but I know you either like or have a vendetta against them. But I like corgis a lot. They're beautiful dogs. And number one has to be the Siberian Husky. I love Siberian Huskies. The, the blue eyes I love. Uh, they're just really gorgeous dogs. So, Ben, as a dog owner, I think the only dog owner here. No, me, t- me what too. What do you think? Oh, Trevor has a dog too. Okay, so one of two dog owners. What, what do you think, Ben? Yeah, so this is, this is tough for me. I worked at a dog kennel for two summers a couple years ago, so... There's a lot of different breeds that I thought of, um, but there are three typically that I will like usually say are my go-to. I will honorable mention. I'll give an honorable mention. My dog is a Puggle, which is a pug and a beagle mix. Um, I, I I had to throw that in as an honorable mention. Um, I love my dog. She's awesome. But my number three is a Corgi, Brandon. I love Corgis. Um, okay. I, I think they're they're adorable. They're stubby little legs. They're, I think they're the cutest dogs ever. Um, there's a couple accounts on Twitter that I follow that are all, literally they just post pictures of corgis all day and I'm cool with it because they're amazing um, my number two is a Sheltie which is it's a Shetland sheepdog but it goes by Sheltie um, they are beautiful dogs they have very long hair very thick hair I would never own one just because they, they shed like crazy um, but but to like to have somebody else that has one and you get to go see it every once in a while they're beautiful dogs absolutely beautiful I um, mean my number one it's basic but it's a golden retriever um, dogs are a man's best friend, and I think Golden Retriever is like the definition of a man's best friend. It, it's they're so loyal; they love you. Um, you can do anything with them. You can train them. They're just—it's just an all-around perfect dog. There's a reason why Airbud was a Golden Retriever because it's just—it's an all-around perfect dog. Yeah, no, that that makes 100 percent sense. All right, dog owner number two, Trevor. What do what do you, what do you think? All right, um, so this was tough. I kind of just—I didn't really do this based on like what three dogs I would you know, be most likely to want to own. Um, it was kind of just like based on what dogs I, I don't know, just generally like 
the most that maybe other people own. So number three, um, I did start off with a Yorkie. Um, I would consider maybe owning a Yorkie. I think if I was going to own a dog like in the future, um, it probably would be a smaller dog. So maybe that would be a Yorkie. Uh, number two, I went with a Golden Retriever. Um, obviously a bigger dog. Don't think I would want to, would want to own one, but I definitely like them. And um, I kind of agree with Ben on what he said regarding Golden Retrievers. And then number one, I agree with you, Brandon. I went with a Siberian Husky. Um, they're just beautiful dogs. I mean, it's, yeah, pretty much a no-brainer. 100%. All right, so that's Random Ring for today. If you guys have any ideas about what you would like uh, from the Ring, send them in, because we always have trouble thinking of ideas for that, so please send them in. But let's get to our main topic today, because I'm super excited about this. Um, so our special guest today, Noah Barrison, um, we are very lucky to have him in our midst because now we have two Division One basketball managers with us. Um, so we're going to get into a lot about Mac basketball, but first I want to talk about being a basketball manager uh, from, from both of you. I think it would be a very interesting topic. So Noah, let's start with you. You go into practice. What is your practice routine as a manager? What, uh, do you, what are your responsibilities on practice day? Um, you know, first things first is kind of just making sure everything's ready to go for the players to show up. We usually had to be there about 30, 40 minutes before the players are just to, um, in case they wanted to get shots up before practice and to set everything up, setting everything up really. Um, there were uh, like red pennies, so they had reversible jerseys that were black and white, but um, sometimes we'd do like t three teams, so we needed red pennies for scout team and all that. Um, get the mm -hmm. balls out, you know, water bottles, uh, make sure all their water bottles are filled, make sure there's towels and everything, and then just kind of um, just wait for them to come out. And then once the players start coming out, rebound for them. Um, yeah, rebound for them. And, you know, sometimes uh, during practice, um, we'll do scout team. And so some of the managers got to be on scout team and, and all that. Mm -hmm. You get you get your butt kicked a little bit by uh, some Division <laughs> One players? So... Funny story, Brandon. As you know from our days in high school, I'm not the most athletic player, um, athletic person. So I I wasn't on. Hey, scout. you got a, You got a little strap. You I got did. A little strap down low. I did. It's it's coming gone did. over the last four years. But uh, so <laughs> I I was only on scout team when I would travel, and even sometimes then one of the coaches didn't like me being on scout team. So. Um, I'd always ask him, I'd be like, LT, let me be on scout team, let me be on scout team. And I, I was never on scout team, maybe like a few times. But then, so senior night, I, I showed up to senior night practice, the, or the shoot around the day before, and I say, LT, let me be on the, uh, the scout team. And he says, if you make a three, a three ball in the corner, you can be on scout team. And it was the first shot I took all day, and I drained it, and I didn't make another shot the entire day. So senior night got to be on scout team after I made one shot the entire day. And when we were practicing the, the plays, everyone kept throwing the ball to me so I could shoot it. And I just kept missing. So that was always a good memory to have. Hey, but you made the shot. You made the shot when it counted. And that's what matters. I know. Every, everyone that saw it just started laughing because he was like, all right, I guess you're on scout team. And he literally like, <laughs> we like knew we, it was our second time we played Kent State. So it was our second time playing Kent State. So we, I kind of knew like who everyone was and like who some of the players were that got most of their shots. So I was like kind of nagging him to let me be one of the players that got a lot of the, the shots up and he just stuck being the player that got the, the least amount of action. But I was still on scout team. So that was, that was awesome. Hey, that's all that matters. So Trevor, why don't we go through what, what would a Bowling Green uh, practice kind of be like? I'm sure there's a lot of similarities, but you know, what would be like a typical Bowling Green practice, you know? 
Wednesday night, something like that. Yeah, so a lot of the things that Noah said sound very familiar. Um, now, obviously, he was a manager for much longer than I was. I was only a manager for about one year. Um, but, you know, he, he said a lot of the same things that I, I would say, which is, you know, before practice, typically, yeah, players like to get up shots. And, you know, we would obviously have to get all the equipment ready. So, like, foam rollers and bands and jump ropes. And then, obviously, we would have to get, like, the water and the Gatorade and the towels, all of that stuff set up. Um, and then other than that, like, yeah, maybe we rebound before practice. And then, obviously, you know, when, when players come out, um, so obviously, yeah, before practice, it would be a lot of rebounding and stuff like that. And then obviously we'd go through a normal practice and then uh, as well, sometimes after practice, players would want to stay after, you know, and we would, you know, do other things. Some, sometimes we would do like shooting contests. So, uh, different things like that as far as practice. Um, but I'm, I'm also interested because I got to travel with the team on a road game once. Um, and I'm sure Noah did, uh, probably more than that. So I'm interested Noah, like about like you know some of your traveling experiences with the team and like kind of what that was like and uh, I guess some of those experiences you had. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so for me, um, I didn't travel at all my freshman year. Um, my second year I traveled once. Junior year I traveled, I want to say, two or three times, and then this year I I traveled a good amount. Um, and it was always just you know fun being on the road, you know, seeing all these schools. Um. Some of the bus rides weren't that fun. Um, like one of the places I got to go this year was Western Michigan, and we bus there, and it was a six or seven hour bus ride. Yeah. So that the the bus rides were not fun, but you know some of the places we got to go. Um, this year, for example, this year we were in the Myrtle Beach Invitational, and our campus game was at Villanova. So I got to go to Villanova, and we played at the Sixers Arena. And we had their visitors locker room and the night before we got to practice at their practice facility, which is incredible. So by, you know, by the time it was my fourth year, you know, just all these places I got to go, you know, I only went to conference games my first three years. And then this year I got to go to a couple non-conference and I was just kind of our head manager was, you know, one of my very good friends, um, one of my really close friends since freshman year. And I was always kind of shout him out. Mike Chifliku, he's going to be a graduate assistant at OU this year, one of my very good friends. Um, and I was kind of, he knew I loved to travel, and I was kind of always, if someone couldn't go, I was always, you know, he always asked if I wanted to go. So I, I got to go to some really cool places this year. You know, I went, to, I went to Miami last year, and this past year I got to go to Western Michigan, Akron, Kent, um, Western Michigan, I think Western, Akron, Kent, Villanova. Um, northern Illinois just some really cool places and it was just so much fun yeah so so Trevor where where did you you got to travel to Miami yeah. right I'm pretty sure you traveled to Miami also. yes Miami's the one place I got to travel to and that was fun you know we got to stay in a hotel and you know it was really cool um and then we also got to go like the night before we got to go um you know, like, do, like, a shoot-around type thing the night before, and we got to play in, like, a manager game yeah. against the Miami manager, so that was a lot of fun. I didn't get a lot of playing time mm-hmm. in that, uh, but that was definitely a lot of fun just being there. And that's because you're buns, Trevor. That's because you're buns. Uh, no, the manager games deny. were always so much fun. Yeah, for sure. It's it's pretty intense. I see the tweets about them a lot. The manager games get very intense. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're very real, and, like, it's, like, it's funny because, Trevor, I don't know if you follow some of these accounts, but there's some Twitter accounts that are, like, just all these stuff for managers, and it's it's very, like, yeah, rela- it's, it's relatable, you know, I I saw one where, um you know, with the NBA bubble, teams are sending their practice courts 
to Orlando for them to practice on, like in the ballrooms or whatever, and one of the manager accounts quoted it and said, great, now we're going to have to start bringing courts on our road trips. And it's just, <laughs> it's so relatable and, and so just, they're awesome. You know, it, it it's fun. And it the best part is when, you know, players don't always, you know, acknowledge it. You know, some players are more, you know, stuck up, but then there are some players who are very down to earth and very appreciative. And, you know, right. one of our games, um, Ben Vanderplas, you know, his, his back was hurting him and we were, you know, taking care of him. And he, he texted our head manager and, you know, sent a message to all of our managers just, you know, showing how grateful he is. And it's those moments that are awesome when the players are very appreciative of that. And that's really cool. Yeah, for sure. And that's the same okay, way so how Bowling Green's okay, players okay, okay. were. I mean, all of them were just so appreciative of, you know, everything we did. And they would always, like, let us know. I mean, I remember when I first became a manager and, um, like, I, I tried to go out of my way to, like, introduce myself to the players. But I remember, like, um, I think like Justin came up to me and introduced himself to me before I even like had the opportunity. Justin, Justin Turner, Turner. Right. Yeah. So just like, I mean, it, they were always great about like, like stuff like that. So would you say that, you know, when you went to the Myrtle beach invitational, that was probably like your, was, was that like your favorite traveling experience, I guess? So I didn't actually get to go to Myrtle beach. I went to the campus game in oh, okay. Phil- when we went to Philadelphia to play Villanova, but that was, um, by far one of the, the coolest things for like the first 10 minutes, like the first couple of media timeouts, it was, I was a little just, you know, starstruck with everything, you know, I'm sitting at the end of the bench and I look down the sideline and, oh my God, there's Jay Wright, you know, we're, yeah. we're in the, the 76ers arena and it's the number 10 team in the country and it's sold out, you know, and their introduction video, there's Chris Jenkins hitting their buzzer beater. I mean, it was just, <laughs> It was just so much to take in at first in the first few medias, and it was just, I was starstruck for sure. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, it's really, really surreal to be a part of that. So I have a question for both of you. I want, so I don't know if that was necessarily your, your, your favorite memory or it sounds like it was. What was like the funniest memory both of you guys had from being a manager? And Noah, we'll start off with you. What's like the funniest time? You keep it PG-13, but what is the, the funniest moment you had as a manager? Um... I would probably say this this year, you know, once, you know, I was a senior and um, so after shoot around, we would have pregame, we'd have our pregame meals. Trevor, I assume you guys had some like that after shoot around, there's food for the guys and, you know, managers can eat after. Yeah. Um, so every home game, um, second semester before the season got canceled, um, me and so one of our graduate assistants this year was um, a walk-on on OU and he was a senior when I was a freshman and he was a GA from junior and senior year so I was very good friends with him and um, just after every pregame meal I would always you know when I'd come to shoot around I'd make sure I'd have my um, clothes to change into and me and him would just play Madden in the locker room for like an hour we play a game of Madden every time and it wasn't even serious Madden. Like we would just, you know, throw bombs and and hurdle everyone and run fake defenses and just mess around. And the players would watch and get into it. And it was just so fun because everything that happened was just so unrealistic. We'd play in arcade mode and just everything would just go wrong. And it was, it was so fun. So either that and then um, freshman year, um, Antonio Campbell. It was his final year. Great and- player. Great player. One of the very great player. He's playing overseas now, um, I think in Europe or um, China. But um, we were running a drill, and something happened. A call went against him or something happened he didn't like. 
and he someone makes a shot and he grabs the ball out of the net and just like football throws it to the other side of the court and just drains it probably about an 80 footer bomb just drained <laughs> it and we were like what like what just happened like it was incredible so yeah. those were probably two just fun memories that stick out right yeah no for sure trevor what what is like your funniest memory uh, <coughs> uh funniest memory um this is tough i would say that like you know, you were saying, like, about playing Madden, we would do something, like, similar where, you know, before games, so on, like, a, say, a Saturday game, we would obviously have our pregame meal, like you were talking about, and then usually after that, um, we would go in, like, or at least some people, like, coaches, players, could go in the players' lounge, and they would usually play 2K, so, like, Coach Stacy, actually, who's uh, one of my favorite coaches, um, Coach Stacy would play, and I, I don't even remember who he's playing against, um, maybe, like, Austin or... I don't know, but either way, like I think just like a lot of the times where they're like playing each other in 2K and they're trash talking, and then also like there would be a lot of debates that would go on about like uh, NBA, like different NBA things about like uh, I'm trying to think of like what one was um, about like who's better between like Giannis and Kevin Durant, like different debates that would be had, and I would just sit there and just like listen to like uh, different people, like you know, like Coach Stacy would debate like. Um, someone else about like who's a better player like in the NBA and then just because I love debating too so it'd be interesting to kind of listen to those debates and like I guess those were funny um, and then like the 2k stuff as well yeah, yeah all so any any last oh go ahead no go ahead. go ahead I was just saying you know all that stuff you know that's that sounds very similar you know guys will just be chilling and you know a debate will pop up and it's just fun to listen to some of them and um you know, something else just sits with me is we've had um, a, a, a few transfers the last couple of years, and this year one of our grad transfers um, was at Georgia Tech for three years, and I picked his brain about, um, you know, just playing against Zion and all of that, and it was just so cool to listen because here, you know, you have someone who's played at a high level or didn't really play a lot but um, was there, and it was just so interesting listening to, like, you know, there are a couple. There's one guy on Georgia Tech who's in the NBA now, Josh Okogie, on the Minnesota Timberwolves, and mm-hmm. he played with him, and yeah. it was just so interesting to, you know, hear some of the stories he had about playing at a high major. Because um, a transfer a couple years ago we had, wasn't really that talkative about his last couple schools. You know, he played at Florida Gulf Coast, one of our old grad transfers, and didn't talk about it at all. So the grad transfer we had this year was a lot more open and talking about his time at Georgia Tech, which was just so cool and. Um, really quick, another fun memory is just, um, you know... Yeah, say you, all the memories you want. Keep on talking. You're good. So, you, Trevor, um, you only got to travel once, but I don't know if you had this much fun. You know, when I would travel, you know, I was usually with, um, you know, my friends who were managers, and we would always just, you know, goof around in the hotel or play euchre really late and mm-hmm. watch TV and, you know, just hang out, and we'd push each other on the luggage carts. Um, when I went to Akron this year, I think it was my my last trip I went on this year, we're at Akron, and I made uh, my friend Mike just push me around in a luggage cart. I'm sitting on the luggage cart after we took a bunch of the equipment up to our room, and he's just pushing me around, and it was just so much fun. <laughs> yeah, that sounds awesome. Yeah, no, that it's it seems like I mean both you guys had amazing experiences. I I know for a fact Ben and I that's something we would have loved to do travel with the team. I I even think you know Ben and I worked in athletics, Noah, and we uh 
I think we both probably would have begged, even though our, our boss had no authority over this, we probably would both would have begged to just travel with the team once or just dress once, just do something like that even once. How much money would you pay just to travel with the team, Ben? Just oh, once? man, dude. I, I would just, I just as, as an athlete that is not nearly as gifted as those players are, I just want to be part of that experience just one time. I would pay, yeah, I would just pay one so much money to do that. But actually, I just thought of this. No, I have a question for you. Um, since yeah. y- you said, obviously, you've been to many different venues. I'm curious. Let's let's not count the the Sixers one because that's an NBA arena. But let's. What is your favorite venue that you got to travel to? And then on the other side of that, what is your least favorite venue that you got to travel to? Whether that's for the, good the facility or the atmosphere. So I want to know what's your favorite college basketball and favorite or least favorite college basketball venues that you got to travel to in your your time as a manager. So, my favorite um, was probably. It was probably when I went to Kent State this year, even though we lost, and I have more to say about this when we talk about this season, but um, about half that arena was full of OU fans. The entire side behind our bench was OU, and I mean, they were they were starting OU chants there, so that was probably, I liked the arena too, that was probably cool. Um, my least favorite arena... I really didn't mind, you know, all the arenas I got to see because it was just cool seeing all of them. But if I had to pick one, um, it would probably be Western Michigan because the bus ride to get there wasn't worth it. Let me tell you that. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but the so we yeah probably Western Michigan just because like there was all it was also an indoor track so there was like a track around the court and it was just. I mean they filled up too because one of our players is from that town. But I mean. If I had to pick an arena, I that was my least favorite. It was probably Western Michigan, but I still just like seeing all the arenas and stuff. Yeah, I get it. I was just curious. Yeah, no, I I hundred percent agree because I Ben and I are the same way. I know we loved. I we would, I would have loved to go to all the the Mac arenas. We I know I only went to a couple. I went to Miami's and their arena was garbage. <laughs> um, I didn't mind Miami. Very old. I mean, it's not like horrible, but it's definitely not good. Kent State's arena I do like a lot. I actually think they have a nice arena. And they have like a nice, like the area it is on campus is really nice too. But you know what, let's, let's get into a little bit of Mac talk. Because uh, I, I know Noah and Trevor, you guys are itching to talk about it a little bit. So let's kind of, I want to review the season from the Mac. So Trevor, I'll let you start off, uh, kind of, you know, dig us in here um, and, you know, start talking about Mac basketball. Yeah, so really for me, like, and I feel like, you know, last season, um, this wasn't necessarily the case because Buffalo was probably far ahead of everyone else. But this year, I felt like, just like speaking totally objectively, I think that pretty much all of the MAC teams were actually like the talent gap wasn't that wide. I actually thought that you know any team could have beaten you know any other team on any given night, and I didn't really think that the talent gap was that wide. I mean, like looking at it, like it seemed like Akron, Bowling Green, Buffalo, Kent State, those four, I think maybe had a little bit more experience um, as far as players, and you know um, they had had like you know, the same kind of, like, like staff for the most part. So it seemed like maybe that gave those teams an edge over some of the other teams. Um, you know, and, and obviously being at Bowling Green, you know, the whole year it was all about, like, getting back to the championship and winning because we had been there the previous year and we lost. So it, it was really all about that. And obviously we didn't get that opportunity. And I know, you know, no one got that opportunity, which is really unfortunate that because, like, it would have been one thing if we would have got back to the, the championship and say Akron would have beat us and we lost and you know oh well we 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 still didn't win but that still would have been better to me much better than what actually happened the reality which is we didn't even get to find out so 
that that's really I guess the main point um, for me as far as just like you know I wish we would have gotten to see who would have won the title. Yeah, no, that's I I completely get that. It's, it's kind of crazy. You look at like I mean besides Akron, there's like eight or nine teams between five games. Like it, I actually kind of agree. You know, you look at especially there's some teams at the end. You know, like I know Noah. Uh, with OU, OU started to heat up a little bit at the end, did they not? No, we did. We finished um, seven and three in our in our last ten games, and you know that's counting our um, our MAC tournament win over Central Michigan. But a lot of the the teams we beat, you know, we we beat Buffalo, we beat Kent. I mean, we were all the the top teams, you know, we were playing with. But going back to um, what Trevor was saying about the MAC, you look at the standings, and there were only. There were only six teams that finished below five hundred, and Akron was fourteen and four. And you know, you look at the rest of the standings: BG's twelve and six, and Ball State and NIU are both eleven and seven. Buffalo's eleven and seven, and Kent State's nine and nine. And there's just there's just a lot more um, parity in the in the MAC this year. It wasn't as dominant as it was um, with Buffalo last year. You know, this year there was definitely a lot more. Um, you know, there was a lot more competition, and the games were a lot better. I mean, you know, the MAC is. It's one of the best conferences in basketball, and there's a reason why random people on Twitter are always talking about Maction. It's because it's it's one of those conferences where every game is going to be a good game. And if it's a blowout, yeah. then, you know, you don't see a lot of blowouts in the Mac. And if it is a blowout, then it's probably a fluke. But Yeah, and it's it's very rare to see, like, one team in the Mac so much better than the rest. It, it truly is, like, a type of feel where any night anyone could lose or anyone could win. I mean, even you see when, you know, Ben and I went to go watch the Miami game, and Trevor was there too, and um, Miami, I mean, they kind of destroyed us, and Miami was horrible. They weren't even a good team this year. They went 12-19, and 19, and they kind of kicked our, our butt. Um, so, Ben, what, what are your thoughts, you know, on this, this past max season? Yeah, so, I mean, I'm just going to echo everything you guys said, but I, I love this season, and part of it is because Bowling Green was supposed to come in and be pretty good, and they ended up being pretty good. Um, but like you said, there was really no extremely dominant team, like Trevor said. Um, last year we had Buffalo, which I, the whole season was basically just uh, trying to beat Buffalo. Who can top Buffalo? Well, what, what seed is Buffalo going to be in the NCAA tournament? It seemed like they were almost kind of looking past the MAC towards the NCAA tournament just because they had their eyes sight on national uh, games and not these MAC games. Um, but this year there, there was, it was very competitive. Um, the East was definitely stronger than the West, from what I can remember, and obviously I'm looking at the standings now. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I think the, the four best teams in the MAC were probably all from the East. Um, so um, I, I think it's safe to say that I probably think a, an East school would have won the tournament. Um, but overall, the season was awesome. I mean, it's very like you guys said, awesome competitive games. As someone who, honestly, if I didn't go to a MAC school, I probably wouldn't have any interest in the MAC. Um, I, I loved it, and um, I hope more people uh, don't have my mindset like that where it, just because you don't have any affiliation to a Mac school, you don't watch it. If you're a college basketball fan, uh, the Mac is awesome to watch because there's some awesome schools. There's, there's a lot of tradition in the Mac. A lot of schools have some great tradition. Um, there's some really nice venues to go see a game at. Um, Bowling Green has a great venue. I know Buffalo's venue is pretty decent. Um, so it, it's good basketball. I, I really think it's an underrated conference. Like Noah said, it's one of the better conferences in college basketball. Um, and it was it was a really good year. I'm I'm extremely disappointed we get to see a winner because I think whoever won the tournament had a pretty decent chance of winning uh, a game in the NCAA tournament. So let's get to the question here: Who would have won the MAC title? So Noah, let's start off with you because I think you'll be the least biased. <laughs> so who do you think should have won? Don't count, have won, I should say. Don't don't count your horses too soon. Um, I I truly think that OU could have could have won it. 
because, like I okay, said, we, the we most were, bias, the most bias came from Noah. <laughs> we were we were seven and three in our last ten games, and I've talked to some guys. You know, we were supposed we were the noon game the day you know the tournament got canceled, and just talk. I've talked to some guys about that day, and um, they were just. They were so confident that we were going to beat Akron. They they could just tell that, you know, it was just one of those feelings. And you look at our two games against Akron, you know, we had two good halves and two bad halves both times we played Akron. You know, the first time we played them, we had a bad first half and we had an incredible second half and lost by two. The second time we played them, we had an incredible first half and then got rattled and, and lost in the second half. And don't get me wrong, Akron was far, was you know, Akron was the best team in the MAC this year. I'm not debating that. But I do think, you know, playing them a third time, you know, we were coming in so hot with so much confidence. Um, I think we could have won it. Um, also, you know, Buffalo lost to Miami in the first round. So you take out Buffalo. Um, I think we would have beaten Toledo if we played them again. I think, you know, NIU, we lost at the buzzer. They hit a buzzer beater. Same with our second time playing Bowling Green. Um, I think the only two teams outside of OU that I could see winning it were I think Ball State could have won it this year, and I do think um, if you know BG might have won it this year's, but I think we could have beaten all those teams. Trevor, what do you, what do you think? Who who would have won? Yeah, so actually, I I think OU would have had a good chance too, and I know like yeah they were the eight seed, their record you know they're only they were only eight and ten, but they did finish the year really well, and OU I mean. Just watching them and like like against BG in the game where they they almost beat us in Bowling Green, um, and and just watching like Jason Preston the the leap he had was amazing. It was incredible. I thought and you know Vanderplas and Dardis is obviously a huge threat. So I definitely think they could have um, upset Akron. Um, I don't know if they would have or not. I think it for sh- definitely would have been a great game, and I, I was looking forward to watching that one. Um, I think we would have beaten Toledo because we had already beaten them um in both times and i you know i think we would have beaten them again i i didn't think toledo was nearly as strong this year um so i think it would have come down to like a bowling green um potentially kent state ball state akron ou um i'm naming a lot of teams obviously but it it really could have been won by anyone as i said it's it was wide open um and and because i think it's wide open um and anyone can win. Of course, I'm gonna just lean towards my bias and say that I think Bowling Green would have won. But so that's what I do think. But it really could have been anyone. It it could have been OU. It could have been Akron, um, Ball State, or BG. So, yeah, I don't know. Ben, what do you think? All right. So here's my thought process. And I'm gonna go out and say I love my Falcons. I I love my Bowling Green Falcons. But I am a huge believer especially in college basketball, especially in the MAC, like we just talked about how competitive it is and how uh, a lot of these teams are very similar in skill set. I am a huge believer um, when you go into these conference tournaments, I'm a huge believer in the teams that are playing well down the stretch because you need to be playing your best basketball, turning the calendar into March. Um, with that being said, Bowling Green was not playing their best basketball heading into this tournament. They lost their, their previous three games. So they're, they're limping into the MAC tournament at this point. Um, so that being said, I, I, I agree with Noah. I, I think Akron was definitely the best team in the MAC, um, and I think there's a pretty decent chance that they – not decent. I, I think there's a pretty good chance they would have been in the, in the championship. So I'm going to say that they're probably in the championship. Now, who they're playing, I think it would either have been Bowling Green or it would have been Kent State. And Kent State had BG's number this year. They beat BG, I believe, both times. I know yeah. at least once. I wouldn't have wanted to play beat BG both times, yeah. I remember at, at BG they got blown out. It was the first MAC game of the year they got blown out um, by Kent. 
I think Kent State probably would have beat, beaten or Bowling Green this year in the semifinals, um, the two versus three seeds. So I, I, w- I, if I had to say, I think, I think Akron would have won. But that being said, if Bowling Green had gotten to the championship, I think against Akron, I think they had a pretty decent chance. Um, because I mean, I, I'll take Justin Turner, Dylan Fry, and Daquan Plowden on a team against anybody in the MAC. Um, but I, the thing is, I don't think Bowling Green would have gotten to the MAC championship. I really think uh, they would have lost before that, just because they were struggling at that point. They were not playing their best basketball. So for the sake of this conversation, I will say I think Akron would have won the MAC championship, and I think they would have been representing the MAC in the uh, NCAA tournament. That's fair. So here's the thing: I feel like when I, you know, put some takes out on this podcast or whatever. I have never shown bias once, so I'm not going to show bias here. That's insane. Um, and uh, without question, the Falcons were going to take take this right here and go into the Mac or to March Madness tournament. Without question, they would have been sweeping people. Okay. Yes, they were on a three-game losing streak. Yes, OU was hot. Yes, they. I think they had to go through Buffalo. Um, but I, I truly believe. I think BG would have pulled it out. I just think collectively. Um, you know, their, their main core was very, very good, especially with Dylan back after, you know, he, uh, he took a little bit of a break. So I, I do believe Bowling Green would win. OU was definitely, you know, seven, seven and three in the last, you know, couple games after starting off in conference, uh, well, they went eight and 10. So they were what, one and seven. No, is that right? One and seven in conference. We were, we were, we were, we started two and seven and here's the thing. Two and you, seven. Um, you look at our, the seven losses. Three of those losses were one possession. One of them, or five of them, were single-digit losses. And our loss to Western Michigan is is at a twelve-point loss, but it was closer than twelve because you know at the end of the game with free throws and everything. So that's yeah. That's all I'm going to say about that. Is we we were better than our record showed, and I think our our hot stretch showed it. Yeah, I, I agree. With I that. will say when BG lost. We got blown out. We didn't really have that many close losses. So, I mean, we definitely had some, but there was games that they played pretty pretty terribly um, and definitely did not earn the win. So any any last thoughts from every, anyone before we kind of you know, wrap up the podcast for today, Trevor? Yeah, you know? I guess just like uh, Kent State was playing Ball State in that 3-6 matchup. I think if Ball State would have won that, I, I really think we would have beaten Ball State, like, no question about it. Yeah, Kent State I agree, I agree. was, like, 50-50. It could have went either way. Big it really could have went either way. And then Akron as well. If it's us in Akron, that goes either way. And if it's us in Ohio, um, I think we have a better chance against OU than we do against Akron. But, I mean, they came very close to beating us. So, you really never know. 100%. Any, anything else from uh, Ben? Anything else? No, uh, thanks to Noah for being on this podcast. He was an awesome guest. Yeah, Noah. Really awesome guest. Thank you so much for being on. Is there anything you want to shout out here? Any socials you want to shout out? Um, no, just shout out OU Basketball, and you guys are going to be done sleeping on us next year. That's all I got to say. <laughs> all right, well, uh, yeah, th- thank you again, Noah. We really appreciate you coming on. We'll have to cu- you know, have you come back on when you know, the NBA is up and running, uh, potentially you know, the next season, because it'll be really fun to chat some NBA with you. Um, but with that being said, thank you all you know, so much for listening today. We really, really appreciate it. Go follow us on Twitter at the Small Baller. Um, you know, we're a whole podcast network. We stream every Monday and Thursday, so we will be live tomorrow. On Monday, what is it, the 13th? Yeah, Monday the 13th around 8 o'clock, talking some soccer talk with Josh, which will be really, really fun. So, you know, go tune into that. Um, and, of course, you know, subscribe to us here on the podcast. We're on basically every platform, so it's very easy to subscribe uh, Give us a little like. But with that being said, thank you all so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Go Falcons!